Good evening, everyone. My name is Jeff Johnson. I'll be your moderator for this evening's class and welcome to another lecture presented by the Green Bay Zoom class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. The school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958, and since that time have established branch schools throughout the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Green Bay branch was established in 1975. The Dean of the School in Green Bay is Dr. Andy Mercoderen. The President is Dr. Michael Josephson. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title for the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which were contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. This has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title for the Word or Son is Elohim. This has been improperly substituted by God. And the name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. This has been erroneously rendered as Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5, there are Lord's many and God's many. We now know that each Lord must have a name, each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord or God, Elohim is a divine title, meaning this is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part into any good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove neither the Hebrew, the Greek, or the Latin languages have any characters or letters in their alphabet that would produce the sound made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in our own English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death making such names as Jesus and Jehovah impossible renderings for the true, correct, and original name of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Now, Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. Yahweh is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud, he merely chose the cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have this cloud drawn all around the edges of the chart to prove to you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within this pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, he took on shape and form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a superincorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine vision and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself into a physical body and walked the earth plane as Joshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should all ask ourselves is what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. 
Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh our creator's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt, he called Moses to atop Mount Sinai and showed him this tabernacle pattern in a vision. He then instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. This pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we will show you proof how that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The school has 10 primary constitutional aims or objectives, and they are as follows. The first is to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second is to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third is to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth is to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religion, psychology, philosophy, and modern both practical and occult science. Fifth is to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Sixth is to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh is to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth is to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth is to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men, whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth is to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace. Our slogan is to speak the truth. Tonight, we'll have a prayer from a member from the Texas branch, Dr. Jim Andrews. We'll have a song selection, and our scripture reading is John, the third chapter. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Let's take a minute and clear your mind of all the worry all the turmoil of the day so that we can be here wherever you happen to be you're here and the purpose for you being here is to commune with your creator and savior Yahshua the Messiah so with that Yahshua please be with us this evening and show us what we need to see let us hear what we need to hear tonight. And uh, thank you for everything. And thank you for continually blessing us. All this we ask in Yahshua's name. Let everybody say, Hallelujah, Yahshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The scripture reading tonight is John, the third chapter. And I'll be reading out of a Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, revised by A.B. Trina of the Scripture Research Association. John chapter 3. 
there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Yahshua by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from Elohim, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except Elohim be with him. Yahshua answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of Yahweh. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Yahshua answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Yahweh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born from above. The wind blows where it lists, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, how can these things be? <clears throat> Yeshua answered and said unto him, art thou a leader of Israel and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For Yahweh so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For Yahweh sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of Yahweh. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hates the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that does truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought through, Yash through Elohim. After these things came Yahshua and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and immersed. And John also was also immersing in Enon near to Salem, because there was much water there, and they came and were immersed, for John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same immerses, and all come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Messiah, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which stands and hears him, 
rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all, and what he hath seen and heard that he testified, and no man received his testimony. He that hath received his testimony hath certified that he is truly of Elohim. For he whom Yahweh hath sent speaks the words of Yahweh, for Yahweh gives not the spirit by measure unto him. The father loves a son and hath given all things into his hand. He that believes on the son has everlasting life, and he that believes not the son shall not see life, but the wrath of Yahweh abides on him. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us this evening. A uh, reminder that if you're not speaking or helping read or call scriptures to please keep yourself muted so that we can avoid distraction. We'll have at least three speakers this evening. Our first speaker from the Green Bay branch, we'd like to call Dr. Jim Bumsky. Good evening, class. Good evening. As I was listening as to the scripture, um, start at one, please, so I can gather my thoughts. John 3, 1. John 3 and 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Yahshua by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from Elohim. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except Elohim be with him. Now here's Nicodemus. He's a, he's a, a religious leader, uh, a leader of the Jews. And yet he comes by night, almost so that he, his deeds won't be out in the open, like he's hiding something. Go on. Three. Yahshua answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of Yahweh. Go on. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Now, we all would have these thoughts or, or, or things if we wasn't coming to class. What, what does it mean to be born again? And until you come down to class and until your mind is, is, is spiritually lifted to understand spiritual things you you have no way to con to to understand what the joshua is saying here you are born from below naturally so it's it so it's only reason that if you're going to have eternal life you have to be born again you have to be born in your mind your mind's got to be elevated to a, a new way of thinking a new elevation uh, a spiritual way of thinking Yahshua's spirit, Yahweh's spirit. And if you're gonna if you're gonna be with him, a part of his family or a part of his bride, you have to have a new way of thinking. And it, and it's and we can look at the whole creation. Just when when you were born, your mind perceives things around us physically. And from that 
we 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 grant we have a way of thinking. Come into class now. You use this physical things to teach you about spiritual things. There's every, the, this creation is shouting the glory of Yahweh every day to people, every day. But unless your mind is elevated to a point where it can understand what what Yahweh is trying to tell you, you have no way of understanding that. So coming down to the classes or coming down to the classes, Yahshua is showing us a new way of thinking, a, a, a new kingdom, a, a, a spiritual way to the point where we'll know who our husbands are. We're going to know Yahshua intimately, personally and intimately, every one of us. And remember, hang on to your witnesses. Those are the key. Those are your own personal witnesses to prove to you that Yahshua is not only real, but he has, but he has everything under control. And he's the only one that can elevate your mind to a new way of thinking. Nobody. Nobody can do it. <clears throat> we can preach this gospel from Sunday, from morning to night, but unless Yasha opens your mind to see it, there's nothing we can do. And once you get to the point where your mind is elevated to a new way of thinking, it opens up a whole new world, a beautiful world. And, 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 and I think it's so beautiful that he, he not only allowed me to come to class, not only to stay in class, but to elevate my mind to a new way of thinking. I have a new way of looking at the creation and, and, and the beauty in it. The beauty is Yasha showing me, not only he's real, he's working with me, and he's teaching me of himself and his father, which is pretty cool. Okay, go on. Five, Yahshua answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Yahweh. What? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That's why I said, first of all, you are born from below. You're born physically. And when you, you, as a baby, you, you, you're, when you come out, your eyes, you, your natural senses are picking up things around you and, and as it does that, it, it forms opinions and ideals in your thought, in your head, your thoughts. <clears throat> and that's one way of thinking. But <clears throat> this is physical. The kingdom is not physical. Blood, blood and water or the physical cannot. And let me rephrase that. <clears throat> These physical bodies are not going to heaven. Nothing physical is going to heaven, going to the kingdom. It's all spiritual. And that's why he's got to elevate your mind to a new way of thinking, a new plane, a plane, a spiritual plane where, where it's a beautiful kingdom and you could just fit right in. Okay, go on. Seven, marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it came and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? 
you're yes, a ruler, you're the ruler of, of, of Israel and you don't know these things? Yahshua's asking it, him, go on. Yahshua answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know and testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. That's if what I this class teaches you to preach what you know, teach mm -hmm. you so that we teach you Yasha's way of thinking to a point where you can preach and teach others if they're willing to listen. Let's, let's drop down to, um, let's see, about 21, 20 okay. make it, 20, I'm sorry, 26. Okay, 26. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizes, and all men come to him. When? John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Now look at, I, I want John where Yahshua's, John, I think it's on the 17th chapter where he says, uh, uh, I am our father one, and I can only uh, mm -hmm. do nothing unless my father gives it me. Yep. But now look, at he's, he's, he's saying here, he's talking about a baptism. Now we know there's a, a physical baptism under the old covenant, but we also know and understand from coming to class that that baptism is a spiritual principle. We are being inundated. Baptism just, just means in, uh, being immersed. We're being immersed in a new way of thinking. We're being immersed in the gospel. And it's so pretty when you see this, this, this new way of thinking. Go ahead. Do you want the 17th chapter though? Or yes, yes, please. Do you know where that is, Kathy? It's, I think it's towards the beginning of the chapter. Mm -hmm. John 5.30 says the same thing. I couldn't okay. find it in John 17. Is that okay? Okay, go ahead. John 5.30. I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Look, Yahshua can't do nothing unless Yahweh deems it. Right. Everything, everything's been purpose and plan in this creation. He can only... He can only do that which is pointing to the purpose. He can only save those which the Father has given him to save. That's mm -hmm. all. That's all he can do. And I tell you, when you become the when you come to these classes and become the recipient of the Holy Spirit, it, it it's a gift. It's grace. You realize what grace is? You did nothing to deserve it, but yet he just thought, okay, I'll give it to you. I mean, yeah. that, 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 when you really understand grace and, and mercy, you got to say, wow. And then you got to be, you got to give him the, you got, all you can say, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's go back to uh, the, the third chapter again. Okay, um, 28. You yourselves bear, bear me witness that I said, I am not the Messiah, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, 
but the friend of the bridegroom, which stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This is my joy, therefore is fulfilled. This my joy, therefore is fulfilled. Now we I've always talked about a, a wedding. Mm -hmm. We are becoming the bride of Yahshua. There's going to be a wedding ceremony, and you don't want to miss it. Mm -hmm. You don't just don't want to miss this. And and as I more I come to class, you you, you got to learn to appreciate this. You got to learn to give credit and glory to Yahshua because he just didn't he didn't have to save me. He didn't have to save nobody, but he thought enough to allow me to come to class to learn and to stick this thing out. Can you imagine that? Billions and billions of people and the few people or souls he has here. Can you see how precious this has become? Can you see how important these classes come? I, 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 I think of that often. Of, of, of why me? I'm no, nothing special. But you know, it's Yashua that makes it, me special, not me. That's right. You always got to give him the glory for that. That's where grace and mercy really plays a role. And all you can say is hallelujah. Uh, that, that's all I, I don't want to waste class time. I just I want to express the importance of not only coming to class, listening to class, taking this to heart, but the grace and mercy had, that he has bestowed upon us and the gift that he has allowed us to be anticipated in, to elevate your mind to a degree that you can know spirit and how he really actually operates in this creation where nobody else knows that but us. Can you see how precious that is? Mm. All we can say is hallelujah. And thank you. Thank you, Jim. Our next speaker this evening will be a visiting member from the Gates New York class, Dr. David Oyster. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, you're good. Okay, I, uh, usually I don't join your class, but I'm joining it because uh, I've been isolating with COVID and I've been taking naps here and there and I'm uh, still isolating. I had rebound COVID, so what a week. <laughs> it's really good to be here. Um, I'm not uh, uh, real good on, on uh, Zoom because I usually like, uh, to speak off the charts and it's hard for me to uh, formulate something when I'm talking, but I, let me just, let me just uh, try this here. Uh, I was reading an article. Um, I get these interesting facts on my computer and somebody would give me X 17, uh, sorry about 24. X 17, 24. Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is ruler of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Keep going. Keep going. Neither is worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything. Seeth he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And is made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. 
that they should seek Yahweh, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. I don't think that even, sometimes we, we read over that and we just don't understand what we're reading. And I just want to, just a glimpse of what this uh, article says. Um, it's just, so how big is the universe? Well, they got this new telescope up there and it's seeing many, many, many things that they haven't seen before. And uh, let me just read you some facts here. Our current universe is roughly 93 billion light years in diameter. Are you, uh, that's the universe. How, that, how can you comprehend that? A light year is 186,000 miles. Light a travel, second. A second. How many light years is there in a year? And, and it's just uh, incomprehensible. And it's so, it makes you, like the first speaker said, you gotta appreciate. And I, I like to use the word, word uh, puny. It makes us feel so puny. Mm -hmm against what's going on and, and looking at this universe and how, how wonderful he's put this together and how enormous the, the, the universe is. And all you gotta do is sit back and, and just say, wow, mm -hmm. amazing that we're even capable of understanding something about our creator that he allowed us to understand something about him. Oh boy. Uh, I wish I could, give you some of these pictures that are that is being shown but there's roughly a uh, hundred billion galaxies galaxy in our one galaxy is uh, thousands of light years in diameter and there's a hundred billion galaxies in the universe we, we hardly understand anything past a hundred or a thousand and it's just uh Boy, uh, someone get uh, Psalms 139. I think it's, um, uh, let me let me get that first and then I'll. Sure. Right about, uh, well, re go ahead and start at one. Psalm 139 and one. O Yahweh, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knows my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understands my thought afar off. Thou compasses my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Yahweh, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. 
Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hides not from thee, but the night shines as the day, and the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. Thanks, uh, that's good. I just, uh, we're not confusing anybody. This, I mean, it's just uh, that he's taken the time to send Yahshua and to allow us to understand one part or one little thing of, of him. And it's, it's so simple what he has given us. Mm -hmm. And 2 Corinthians 11 and 3, just run and get there. I'll, I'll get down. 2 Corinthians 11 and 3. Um, but I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in the Messiah. You see, it's, it's simple to understand Yahshua and you see how his father works at Yahweh. And he took the time, <laughs> mm -hmm. huge universe to tell you something about him. And that's gotta be, a, a, like, like the first speaker said, you know, you, it's unbelievable. And we are so precious to be in this gospel and to understand something about his knowledge mm -hmm. out of this darkness, you see. Mm -hmm. Thanks, that's all I had to say. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Weister. Our next speaker will be a visiting member from the Madison, Wisconsin branch, Dr. Sasha Rachmelovich. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me well? Yeah. Good evening. You're good. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's good to be here. I really enjoyed what the first uh, two speakers were talking about. So, in the beginning, let me uh, convey to you best regards from the brethren uh, in Russia. So, uh, what I would like to do, uh, what was on my mind when the scripture was read, is um, you know, to work with this uh, scripture reading. And I remember that before coming to class, uh, well, uh, as probably most of you know, uh, I was raised as an atheist in Soviet Russia. Then I came to the United States then I start reading the Bible. I'm just cutting the story short. And uh, about one year before coming to class, I was going to church and uh, I considered myself to be a born again Christian. And looking back, I know that 
for me, it was just an emotional experience. I really didn't know what it means to be a born again Christian. I'm talking about being born again because that's what the beginning of the scripture reading mm-hmm. was that what uh, the first speaker was working with. And that's what I would like to work with. Now, if you uh, check the uh, Christian uh, religion and different denominations, well, first, there is no consensus between them what it means to be a born again Christian. There are different uh, opinions about it. So uh, I'm looking at uh, uh, one of the websites, Christian websites, and uh, it's from the Church of Jesus Christ. And uh, the question is asked, how do you become a born again Christian? Here is the answer, very short one. It is only through faith in the redemptive power of Jesus Christ, followed by repentance, baptism by immersion, representing rebirth, and the baptism of fire of the Holy Spirit. So, well, you know, many denominations include uh, water baptism as a condition for people to be born again. In evangelical Christianity, you know, if, as you can hear, they shortened uh, gospel on radio, on television. Uh, they talk about uh, Jesus. They talk about uh, everybody uh, is sinful. Uh, they need a savior. Uh, Jesus Christ uh, came to save us. He died for our sin on the cross. And now they said, it's up to you. You have to make a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior, to make a decision to have faith in uh, Christ that he died and resurrected in the physical body, I should say, because that's the Christian belief. And then you are saved and what it means, you are born again. So you automatically becoming born again when you accepted Jesus Christ in your life, in your personal savior. And then they say, even if, if your life uh, lifestyle doesn't change, if you still continue you know, in your uh, sins you used uh, to be, you know, you are, you know, you're not, uh, living your Christian life in a full extent, but still you are born again. And you can check it if you, you can go to, uh, you know, you can check it online and you will find that's what some denominations mean. But actually it uh, doesn't mean that. After coming to class, I found out that it doesn't mean that at all. No. And and uh, so why, you know, why have you, uh, I didn't make a decision that it's not the case. I was presented with the witnesses that it's not the case. I didn't have to believe uh, Dr. Kinley who had the divine vision and revelation and said that it's not the case. I didn't have to take him 
by his word, because actually the man himself said, you know, don't believe me just because I said it unto mm -hmm. you. But, uh, let me prove it to your satisfaction. So what, you know, this class provided through the divine vision and revelation is the means how we can go to the Bible and how we can understand what one or another spiritual or invisible aspect means and how to be sure about it. So let's go to, uh, you know, this is, this is the basic uh, tenets of the teaching. Let's go to Romans 1, 19 and 20. Romans 1.19 Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that there is so that they are without excuse. Right. So the invisible things of our creator and being born again it's it's not talking about the birth of the physical body and the first speaker already talked about it i don't want to repeat it in the third chapter of john nicodemus couldn't understand that he thought it's talking about the physical being born physically but uh, yashua is talking about the in invisible birth it's like a wind which you uh, cannot see he likened wind uh, to mm -hmm. the spirit. So it's an invisible process. It's a rebirth of our soul from the natural or carnal state we are in to the spiritual uh, state. But it can be understood from the examples, from the things that uh, Yahweh made. So what Yahweh made? He made our physical creation and he also made the history and in part, as we read the Bible, the history of Jewish people. So we can go to the Bible and we can go to the examples in the physical creation to understand mm -hmm. uh, the physical birth. Isaiah 8 and 20, please. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Right. So, and then when we go to the scriptures, we are not just pulling out a certain uh, uh, certain uh, verses from the Bible and say, "Well, that's the verse, and that's what it means." People pulling out certain verses and build their religions around these verses, both in the United States and in uh, uh, in Russia. You you won't believe what kind of religions they build you know, based on uh, uh, certain verses in the Bible. But it's not just one or two verses. You have to go, you know, through the train of thoughts or through the repeated pattern in the law, which is the first five books in the Bible, in the prophets, uh, the rest of the uh, uh, 35 books of Old Testament. And if it's from Yahweh, it has to uh, coincide. It has to repeat itself. And similarly, similarly, let's uh, read in uh, Isaiah 28, 9 and 10. 
Isaiah 28, 9 and 10. Whom shall he speak? Whom shall he? I'm sorry. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Right. So you have to go to the law, you know, line upon line, example upon example, and go to the prophets. Again, it's not just one quote. It's example upon example. And that's how we can understand, we can see the witnesses. And these are the witnesses or repetition of witnesses will, uh, you know, make us really uh, see faith because faith or have faith because faith, it says in Romans 10th chapter, faith comes by hearing. And as it was already said uh, prior by the first speakers, ultimately it's Yasha who gives uh, the revelation or spiritual understanding. But what we, are entrusted with you just to present the witnesses or give the examples. And that's what I will uh, try to do. Now, another uh, very uh, important and crucial part of the teaching or the uh, vision the, which Dr. Kinley had directly from Yahweh is that you can go um, uh, you know, in order to explain the Bible or to understand the Bible, uh, Yahweh Elohim gave a pattern, which is called a tabernacle pattern, which is a reflection of himself. Because it says in Hebrews 8 and 5, that it's a type and shadow of heavenly things, this tabernacle pattern. So if everything goes according to the pattern, as we say uh, in uh, uh, before uh, class uh, in moderation, then uh, the spiritual birth is going according to this tabernacle pattern. And that's what I will try uh, to share with you, giving examples from the law and the prophets. Uh, yeah, thank you for showing this uh, chart, but would it be possible for me to share the screen, uh, Jeff? Yep, go ahead. Oh, it says that right now I cannot uh, start the screen share. Let's see if I can do it now. Yeah, now it's fine. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So let's see, let me know if you see this um, PowerPoint chart. Yes, yes, it's on there. Thank you. So it's being born again according to this tabernacle pattern. You remember that in tabernacle pattern, there are three uh, sections or departments. It's uh, most holy, well, let's go from the bottom to the top. It's court roundabout, holy place, and the most holy place. And what I would like to work with is to show that, you know, there is a principle of death in the court roundabout or court roundabout is likened to uh, death. 
And uh, in the most holy place, there is a principle of life because you remember Yahweh Elohim appears on the day of, of uh, atonement, atonement and there is a light of Shekinah which gives salvation or life to the people. And in the middle, in the holy place, there is a change uh, is happening. So that's a simple pattern. But actually, uh, this is the pattern of uh, being born again. So what are the witnesses? Let's take the physical birth, according to Romans 1, 19 and 20. Again, we're talking about the spiritual birth. Physical explains spiritual. So therefore, we're going to the physical example uh, in a physical birth. Now, usually, like on the green chart, we go like from the top to the bottom. So it's kind of downward operation. Why? Because it's being born uh, to this uh, earth. Uh, plane and uh, you know it's it's kind of going backwards from the spirit to the uh, you know to the earth plane. But as an example, I kind of reverse it and show uh, how it comes from death unto life. Now for, with the physical birth, you know there is no uh, baby, no uh, woo, no uh, fetus. Uh, nothing is happening. It's like uh, no life. It's death until conception is taking place or man and woman, husband and wife comes together and uh, uh, the sperm germinates the egg. So the conception would be likened to the first veil in the tabernacle. Then what's happening like in the womb the change or growth or development of, uh, uh, of the fetus is taking place for 40 weeks. But at this stage, you know, the baby even, uh, you know, fully formed just before delivery, uh, he or she cannot live on its own until the birth is happening until this baby is uh, coming out in the physical world or uh, until uh, the uh, breath of life is coming into the uh, in the lungs of this baby, which is the name of Yahweh. And then this baby becomes alive. So you can see, and of course I'm omitting uh, uh, details, for example, in this stage, uh, you know, it's, we can see if, uh, death, uh, burial, or blood, water, spirit principle as well. But I am, you know, don't want to take too much time because I don't have that much time. Uh, the second example, it's again the birth of the physical man, but it's from the Bible. Now, if somebody can read Genesis 2 and 7 from uh, King James Bible, you can use the true name, but in the Holy Name Bible, it's a different verse. Genesis 2 and 7 from a King James. And Yahweh Elohim formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Thank you. So you see, it's the same pattern. It was uh, dust of the earth. The man didn't exist. 
until something is happening. So spirit or Yahweh Elohim start shaping the man. It's working, it's like, uh, you know, as if, you know, working with the man outside, just making his uh, body and head and hands and, uh, and legs. And uh, it would be likened to this uh, uh, holy place, but the man is still uh, dead or doesn't have life until something happens, until Yahweh Elohim breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And breath in Hebrew is ruach, which is the same word as spirit. So it's a type of breath or spirit coming inside of the man, like with the physical birth of the baby. And then Adam became a living soul. So you see the same pattern is happening. Now let's take another example. Let's uh, take a uh, creation of a tabernacle. And tabernacle, if we remember body and tabernacle chart, uh, uh, tabernacle correlates uh, with the physical uh, body or it's a type of a physical body. Now, we don't have time to read all the scriptures, but it's written here, it's in Exodus 31, three and six. And what we can read there, that after Exodus of children of Israel from Egypt, when uh, Yahweh Elohim gave Moses a vision how to build this tabernacle, he didn't leave it to Israelites who were master builders to build right. this tabernacle. It's but he, yeah, he has chosen two people, Aliab and Bezalel, uh, whom he gave his spirit, his Holy Spirit, so they will be able to build this tabernacle, you know. But before that, the children of Israel came out with ingredients like gold, silver, and uh, other materials, and they were without any shape and form or in a death-like state as far as tabernacle is concerned. Now, these uh, two people were leading uh, the building of this tabernacle according to divine specifications. So th this would be like, again, spirit of Yahweh working from outside or building or shaping this tabernacle. And this building of the tabernacle uh, took uh, uh, the same time as building of the physical body or 40 right. weeks, according to the Bible. But it was still without any function or without any life. So what had to happen in uh, Exodus 40th chapter, we read about dedication of this tabernacle. And in the end of the 40th chapter, we can read that the spirit of Yahweh came within this tabernacle or filled this tabernacle. The glory of Yahweh, it says, filled this tabernacle. And only after that, this uh, tabernacle was able to function. You can see it's the same pattern. So let's go to another story in the... Uh, law, which we're all familiar with. It's about uh, exodus of children of Israel out of Egypt. So they are in Egypt. They are in uh, bondage 
and as far as free uh, nation who were promised the, the Canaan's land or the land of their inheritance. So they like in a death-like state being uh, slaves uh, to the Pharaoh who was a type of uh, Satan of mystery and iniquity. So what they have to do, they have to go um, through the death, burial, and the resurrection, death of the lamb, uh, going through the red burial, uh, burial in the Red Sea, resurrection to the wilderness. Now they are in the wilderness for 40 years, uh, being, again, being uh, uh, shaped in the uh, precepts of Yahweh who gave them his uh, commandments. And we know what's uh, happening in the wilderness. The first generation dies and the second generation uh, replacing the first generation. And uh, uh, the second generation or the uh, second born of those who came out of Egypt uh, came to Canaan's land. Again, talking about this principle of being born uh, again. And what had to happen before they go to the rivers, uh, to the River Jordan. So uh, they, they, uh, Joshua, whose true name was Yahshua, son of Nun, he has to be revealed. So it was revealed to them uh, by Moses, who gave his authority to uh, Yahshua, son of Nun, because Moses couldn't go to the Canaan's land. So it was revealed to them that Yahshua, the son of Nun, is uh, their leader. So before them, he was with them, but he was like being outside of them. It's, it looked like Moses did all these different things, although it was Yahshua, son of Nun, doing it. But it, Yahshua, son of Nun, is um, taking them from, uh, uh, you know, from the wilderness to the Canaan's uh, land. So he's like being within them. So you see, it's the same principles, three different phases. Now, then we go, remember, to the law and to the prophets. Now we go to the prophets and, uh, uh, yeah, we probably have uh, some time if I have like 10 and 15 minutes, we can read it. So let's read in Ezekiel 37 chapter. You have 12 minutes, Sasha. Oh, thank you. So I'll, uh, I'll watch the clock and I'll end at 8.15. Thank you. Uh, well, actually, 8.15 is your five-minute bell, so you got more than that. So 17. Sorry. You oh, have it until 8.20. It's even better. Thank you. Ezekiel 37 and 1. The hand of Yahweh was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of Yahweh and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And he said, right. Yeah, sorry. So you can see already. So there are dry uh, bones. So it's like two. Uh, uh, witnesses for death-like state. So like a bones, it means the person is dead and they're dry or they lack in water. 
it's again principle of death like stay. But we are in a court roundabout right now. But you see, if you already already followed uh, the pattern, you already know what's going to happen. Somehow the spirit is going to work from outside. Somehow the change or the forming of the body is going to take place. And then somehow the spirit will come inside, which will result in the life. You can predict because that's what pattern does. It can predict you know, the result. Let's see if it follows or not. Three. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Yahweh Elohim, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of Yahweh. Thus saith Yahweh Elohim unto these bones, behold, I will, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am Yahweh. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, so there was- just, I'm sorry, sorry, I'll, I'll interrupt you for a second. So he prophesied, it meaning prophesied doesn't really mean to predict the future, but I, that's what I thought before. It mm -hmm. means to speak with the divine authority. So he's preaching the word of Yahweh, preaching the gospel. Uh, and uh, you remember Yahshua in John 6, 63, saying that flesh profits nothing. The words which I spake unto you, they are the spirit and they are the life. So mm -hmm. his words are the spirit. So he's prophesying and the spirit as a result of this, the spirit is uh, is kind of working, uh, you know, by shaping this body. That's what we read now. Continue on. Seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them. So look, it's uh, talking about the holy place. Though this change is happening, the body is formed, sinews and flesh, uh, the bones came together, but still it was no life in them. Continue on, please. Nine. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith Yahweh Elohim, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Yeah, what, which verse are you in? I was just going to start 11. 11, please 11. Mm-hmm. Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore, right. so, you know, that's, that's good. So okay. it's the picture of the whole uh, house of Israel, 
or the physical Israel is a type of the spiritual Israel. So it's the picture of the spiritual rebirth or being uh, born again. But you remember what happened? He said, prophesy unto the wind. So why it's the wind? Mm -hmm. Because wind is the type of the spirit. Actually, when Yahshua in, uh, in the scripture reading in John third chapter was talking about the wind, he was fulfilling what we read right now in Ezekiel 37 chapter. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens as we read that the spirit came into, or the breath, which is the spirit, came into this body. And that's when it became alive. So it's the same pattern follows through. So what about uh, this so-called New Testament of the Bible? Well, the same happened with uh, Yahshua's disciples, because what's happening is just, you know, the scriptures cannot be broken. It's, it's the pattern. So the disciples are in a death-like uh, state because they don't know their creator. They uh, doing their own business, being a, f a fisherman uh, and such. And then Yahshua comes to them and saying, saying you know, follow me. Follow me, follow me. So Yahshua is calling them. He has chosen them. They didn't choose Yahshua as their personal savior. Yahshua has chosen them. And then he started working with them for, uh, and he was working with them for three and a half years, which by the way, it's uh, 42 months or it, because it's, or, uh, round up 40 because it's 40 uh, in a holy place and what's happening you know they grow in a knowledge and understanding he is talking to them about uh, uh, kingdom of Yahweh and uh, so they grow in this uh, uh, body of understanding but still they are spiritually dead and we know that because uh, for example just before Yahshua's crucifixion, uh, they asked uh, Peter about Yahshua and Peter denied him three times because he was afraid for his life. But we know that they cannot be spiritually alive before the spirit comes inside. And after death, burial, and resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah, 50 days after his resurrection on the day of Pentecost, he gave the disciples, including Peter, his spirit. And the same Peter, several days after he denied him, he goes before the same high priest and the same uh, you know, higher ups of Israel and tell them, you can do whatever you want with me. I'm not afraid of you anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to deny the name of Yahshua, the Messiah. So they became spiritually alive. Now, the same uh, pattern follows in uh, Yahshua's parable. So this is the parable which uh, will be a, a topic of the Orlando uh, Convention uh, in a couple of weeks. And we remember uh, it's about sowing the seed. So the seed comes into the ground uh, it's uh, it's a uh, seed doesn't have any life, you know. It's kind of it looks like it's 
uh, death. It has a potential of life, but has no life yet. So it's principle of death. But then it comes into the ground. It's water. It's being watered, and then the resurrection comes, or germ germination. It happens. Uh, happens, and then the change is happening in the holy place. And uh, the plant is uh, growing. The plant uh, branches, depending on what kind of, uh, let's say, if it's a tree, the branches uh, grow. But still, at this stage, as we read in the parable, you know, it uh, if there are uh, thorns, uh, you know, it uh, it cannot end up with life. Uh, it can be uh, the plant can uh, die in this holy place. But what happens uh, when, uh, when what signifies life? It's when it comes into fruition, and mm -hmm. fruition is bringing forth life. So it's a principle of giving life. Yeah. So that's what's happening with the uh, plant, and as uh, it explains in Matthew thirteen and twenty-three, that's what happening with the people, because that's how Yashu explains what it means to be born again. What this pattern all testifies about. Please read Matthew 13 and uh, 23. Matthew 13, verse 23. <clears throat> Can I pick it up at 18? Sure. Hear ye the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then cometh the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Yeah, I'll, sorry, I will be interrupting you because we all started with 18. So it's, it's all talking about our, you and my uh, spiritual growth and being born again. So it's coming to class. When we come to class, the gospel is being uh, preached. And, uh, but there is different kind of grounds and some grounds have uh, uh, stones and uh, it's likened to the uh, person he comes to say, oh, you know, it's, uh, our church teaches the same thing. Of course, if it doesn't, in my experience, of many years being in different churches, I never heard any Christian or otherwise church teaching anything similar to that. They may use similar words, but their conclusions are very different. Continue on. Verse 20, <clears throat> but he that received the seed into the stony places, the same as he that hears the word and anon with joy receiveth it, Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is offended. Thank you. So, and uh, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, I'm, when I say about you, because I, I appreciate that in class, maybe people who come into class uh, relatively recently, but in my experience, there were people who would come to class and say, it's so great. It's like the greatest thing I ever heard. And they come to one or two classes or even to one class and saying all these great things. 
and to receive in the gospel was joy. And they stopped coming. So whatever is happening, because it was no, no root. Right. Uh, continue on. 22. He also that has that received seed among thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it becometh and he becometh unfruitful. Right. And we know this uh, scenarios too because uh, devil, uh, devil is very skillful in distracting people and uh, you know whatever the riches not necessarily physical uh, riches you know some people can be after physical things some people can be after something else they think they are really good in their job or they are really good in whatever they think they are rich in something mm -hmm. and it takes you know precedence of everything uh, else Continue on. He that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Thank you. And these are like talking about these two steps or two veils. First, you need to hear the word. You have to uh, hear the gospel being preached and that's what you know this class is about that's why we uh, come to class and then you have to understand it but you and i cannot make ourselves understand the teaching because it's yasha's job to do mm -hmm. it so in other words you know we all you know i have two minutes left i know so we all dead, spiritually dead, when we come uh, to class because we have a carnal mind. And Romans 8 and 6 says to be carnally minded is death. Now we are here, the gospel being preached about death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua, the true names, unity of Yahweh, and uh, so forth. And we grow in our uh, understanding or we are receiving the vision and uh, then, you know, by grace of uh, Yahshua, he gives us understanding of what we hear. And that may not be a, a stupendous uh, revelation because spiritual understanding is revelation. So it may not be uh, like panoramic understanding which Dr. Kinley received, but it may be understanding of the names. That's what it really means. Uh, mm -hmm. Yahweh is salvation. It's, uh, you know, it's, if it's a true spiritual understanding, it means the spirit is inside because that's what Holy Spirit does. He makes us spiritually alive. Mm -hmm. And uh, also you can work, it's the same uh, principles when we work, you know, with the uh, double portion of the spirit you know there is a double portion of the spirit in the book and what is the double portion is vision or hearing okay. the gospel and revelation or understanding the gospel so my time is up uh, thank you very much for your attention and praise be to yashua praise be to yashua nice thank you dr rachmilovich
our final speaker this evening will be the Dean of the School in Green Bay, Dr. Andy Bricotteran. I'd like to say hello to everybody. It was a really thought-provoking class so far. <clears throat> it just made me think a little bit about some of the concepts that they have in Christianity with both Jim talking and David and um, Sasha. They have this idea in their heart that they have to give themselves over to Jesus and basically choose him and that to live a good moral life and basically by doing that they will be saved and go to heaven. Now before we go to that let's get Isaiah 55 and 6. Isaiah 55 and 6. Seek ye Yahweh while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto Yahweh, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our Elohim, for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven, and That's return. Okay. Now what happens is we are so ingrained with concepts from the world, and from Christianity when we come into class for our first time. And these are, one of the aims of our school is to extirpate, extirpate means to pull out by the roots, to extirpate current superstition, skepticisms, and ignorance. And the idea that you can choose Jesus and accept him in your heart is a concept we dragged in here from Christianity. And I think sometimes what we do is we bring a lot of things in from Christianity, different rules and regulations we had as Christians, and we just bring them into class and we throw the name Yahshua on it and think now we have, instead of choosing Jesus, we're choosing Yahshua. Or instead of doing it for Christ, we're doing it for Yahshua. You know, we're, we're, we're taking these Christian concepts and just dragging them more over into class and just throwing another name on it. And we know that our thoughts are not Yahweh's thoughts. So if that's what we thought before we came to class, I can guarantee you that's not the way Yahweh thinks about it. And we've worked with it many times that you know, Israel was the chosen people, not the choosing people, and that Yahshua chose his witnesses and the prophets, and Yahshua fulfilled it and said, you had not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And many are called and few are chosen. It does not say many are calling and few are choosing. It's called 
and chosen. Now, along with that, we talk about, um, let's get that one that we get all the time, the work of Elohim that you believe. That's John 6 and 29. John 6, 29. Uh, start at 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of Yahweh? Yahshua answered and said unto them, This is the work of Yahweh, that you believe on him whom he has sent. So basically, the answer was, This is the work of your creator, Yahweh or Yahweh alone, that you believe. He did not answer saying it was your work. And we know in Isaiah 43, it says, you are my witnesses whom I have chosen right. that you might know and believe. So we also know that Yash was the author and finisher of faith. faith. He's beginning a good work in us and he'll also perform it. These are some scriptures we're very familiar with. Just trying to get you to see that it's really Yahshua's job to cause you to have a change. Now, when you look at mankind at the time of the Garden of Eden, he was given a commandment that he could eat of any tree in the garden, but the, gar the tree in the midst of the garden, he said, don't touch it, don't eat it. For in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Now, Christianity basically thinks that Adam had a choice there. But in reality, <clears throat> Adam had was created by Yahweh Elohim, and he came in a certain way, and he died. Because he loved his bride. Adam had incredible love for that bride that was taken from him, from without, from his rib and womb. And it was a, 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 a help me or someone suitable for Adam. He had definitely very strong compassion for that woman. Now, Adam was not deceived. Obviously, Eve was by the serpent. And when Adam saw the fruit that he gave her, him, he did recognize what it was. He did know what it was. He absolutely knew what she had in her hand. Because you know a tree by its fruit. And so he knew what tree it came from. But he still partook of it because of his compassion and love for his bride. Mm -hmm. And... And the founder would correlate that tree to the cross with Yahshua, how Yahshua came to the cross. Yahshua was not, he was innocent. Yahshua was pure, mm -hmm. undefiled. And Adam's condition before he ate the fruit was the same. It was a parallel. And now when he died for his bride in, in love for her, Yahshua did the same thing at the cross. He died the death of an outcast God for his bride, just like Yahshua did, or Adam did back there in the garden. Now, since that death, we have death reigned upon all men. In Romans, the uh, fifth chapter, you can read around 12, 
Um, let's get that real quick. Romans 5 and 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so mm -hmm. death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. So Adam is a figure of him to come, which is a figure of Yahshua. The first Adam was made a living soul. The second Adam, which is Yahshua, was made a quickening spirit. Now in transcripts, Doc Kinley talks several times as when Adam partook of the tree, he wasn't dead before he partook of the tree. He died when he took the fruit of the tree. And he can't be dead because Yahshua was alive. So Adam is a type of alive. But when he ate that fruit, he died in his conscience or his soul. He became condemned or kindly minded, which you can pick up in the white transcript. And that death and that carnal mind was passed upon all men, all the way down, it says, from Adam to Moses, because at the time of Moses, they had a covenant. And if they were able to do all the things of the covenant would be their righteousness. And we know that they weren't able to do it. But that death reigned all the way to, from Adam to Moses. And then the Moses that we're also referring to is the ages of dispensation. The fourth dispensation is referred to as the Mosaic dispensation, which ran all the way to Yahshua Messiah. So death reigned from Adam in the garden all the way up to Yahshua Messiah. Now, when he died the death of the outcast dog, he fulfilled that death, that, that death that, you know, with Adam. But the condition of man, he's still born after that. Even Yahshua fulfilled that death uh, of, of, you know, on the cross. But mankind now, he's born innocent. But he still has a carnal mind. In some transcripts, you can even see where Doc Kinley says himself, he came in, he was a carnal mind, just like us. He was carnal. And we read in our class the other night, and I know there's people that were in the class that can testify that those words were actually read uh, as a result of Doc Kinley speaking them. Now, the only way to escape that idea of being carnal or dead or to have your heart, your dead in your heart, your soul, your mind, is to be like Jim Bomsky was saying, to have your heart elevated by the Holy Spirit to a higher plane of thinking. Right. Now, when you go back into the post-Diluvian age, um, anti-Diluvian age, excuse me, we go to Genesis 6 and 5. Let's just take a look at man's heart. Because what I want to do is I want to look at man's heart and want to look at what Yash was doing to it. And how does that change when he does something to it? Genesis um, 6, 5? Correct. 
And Elohim saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, this is in the antediluvian age, after the fall of Adam. Yahweh looked and saw that every imagination of man's heart. In other words, he had a heart problem. Every imagination of his heart was only evil continually. Right. Now, we know that in Genesis, I don't know, maybe around 6 and 10, that Noah found grace in the eyesight of Yahshua. In other words, Noah was saved by grace which is a beautiful witness that of us being also saved by grace. And Noah was saved, his wife was saved, and it was also told that he was going to have sons before they were even born, and his son's wife were going to be saved. So those, these are people that were chosen before they even were born to get into that ark of salvation, and they were all saved by grace. Now, when you cross over that antediluvian age, you go into the post-diluvian age, and he gave the children of Israel a covenant, and it would be their righteousness if they could do it all. But what was the problem with man's heart back there? Let's get Deuteronomy 5.29 and Deuteronomy 8 and 2. I'm just bringing down the heart problem, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a little bit. Deuteronomy 5 and 29. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. That it might So be even so though it would have been their righteousness that they could keep it all, Yahweh knew, oh, that was such a heart in them that they could fear me and keep all his commandments. So right away, Yahweh knew that it was not in their heart to do it. Now go ahead and get, is there any more there, Gail, or do we want to yeah. go to the next? Uh, yeah, and keep all my commandments always, mm -hmm. that it might be well with them and with their children forever. And then Deuteronomy 8 and 2. And thou shalt remember all the way which Yahweh thy Elohim led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. Now, all those things back there happen for our example and for our learning. We can get in Corinthians. Mm -hmm. So the whole time that they were in the wilderness for 40 years, or 40 years is to prove to, to humble them and to prove what was in their heart. Now, is it that they had to prove it to Yahweh, or, or do you think Yahweh already knew? Let's get, let's just, we'll hit that one right away. Let's get um, uh, Hebrews 12 and 4, and then Romans 8, 27 through 30. Hebrews 12 and 4. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening that, of Yahweh. What do you I want? Think that's what, uh, you I want, want 412, huh? Oh, I said that backwards. I'm sorry. That's okay. Must, I must have dyslexia when you get older or something. <laughs> Hebrews 412. <laughs> <laughs> For the word of Yahweh is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now Yahweh is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of, the, of a man's heart. We just got him doing that in the antediluvian age when he yeah. said that man's imaginations of his heart was what? Only evil continually? Well, how did he know that? Because he does assert, he's the discerner of the thoughts and intents of a man's heart. Right. He knows the heart he made man with. And he knows the condition of the heart since the fall of Adam. Now, let's, and also in the post-Luvian age, now you have in the prophets that they had a heart problem. Israel had a heart problem as well. And, and the, he was a, thought, a discerner of the thoughts and intents of their hearts, even in the post-Luvian age. Now let's get Romans what I called for. Romans 8 and 27. <clears throat> and he that searches the heart hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because he makes intercession for the sons according to the will of Yahweh. He knows their hearts and he makes intercession for the sons according to the will of Yahweh. According to his will, not ours. Mm -hmm that he makes this intercession. It's because of the will of the Father that he searches our hearts. He knows what's going on in our heart. He searches the hearts. Read. Till 30. 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love Yahweh, to them who are the called according to his purpose. They are the called according to his purpose. Read. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, we're going to be conformed to the image of Yahshua. Now, do you think Yahshua had a problem believing? No. <laughs> no. Do you think Yahshua had a heart problem? No. But now, obviously, until you're conformed to the image of Yahshua, we would have a belief problem, but we'd also have a heart problem. Mm -hmm. Now, um, let's get uh, Hebrews 3. Oh, boy. Um. Hebrews, the third chapter. Hebrews 3, pick it up at. Well, you can start reading that one and then we'll drop down. To okay. Eight. Hebrews 3 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. Yahshua the Messiah. Now, was, Yahshua is not speaking to the world here. He's speaking to the brethren of the congregation of Yahshua's gospel or his body. Read. Who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. Now, this, we're referring to Yahshua the Messiah here, who is the faithful one. And now he's using the most example of Moses, who was faithful in his house. So he's correlating Moses' faithfulness 
to the faithfulness of Yahshua, but the faithfulness of Yahshua was not in comparison in reality to the true faithfulness of Yahshua. Let's read that again. Who was faithful to him that appointed him, so also Moses was faithful in all his house. Now, when you're talking about Yahshua Messiah, who uh, he's the apostle and high priest of our profession, Yahshua Messiah. The reason why we have apostles is because Yahshua was apostle first. Apostle is someone who's empowered or, or appointed or commissioned uh, to do something. It's not just eyewitness. It means more than that. And Yahshua was commissioned to do the will of the Father. And he's also the high priest of high priests of our profession, Yahshua Messiah, who was faithful to him who appointed him. And Yahshua was absolutely faithful to the Father. He was doing nothing but the will of the Father. And everything that he said he would do, not a bit of it's going to come back to him void. But now who was faithful unto him also as Moses was faithful. Now Moses is the example of that faithfulness of Yahshua, but in reality, the faithfulness of Yahshua is much greater, and the faithfulness that Moses had was because Yahshua, the Holy Spirit, was in him, even though Moses did not know that. Now, let's drop down to verse 8. Verse 8, uh, 7, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the harden provocation. As the fathers did. Now go ahead and read. Harden not your hearts when you hear the voice. Read. As in the day of as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness, mm -hmm. when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works 40 years. And we just got the example of Deuteronomy, how he was going to prove humble them and prove what was in their heart and, and tested them in the wilderness. Is that right? Mm -hmm. he, don't harden your hearts. They had a hard heart back there. Now get verse 10. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they, Yahweh was grieved with that generation. Read. And said, they do always err in their heart and they have they not known my ways. Mm -hmm. so, shall, so I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Verse 12. Take heed, brethren lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living Elohim. And they lost that ability to be able to go into the promised land because if they didn't believe the report of those spies, the two spies that came back with the true report. And because of that heart of unbelief, that first generation all died in the wilderness. It was the second generation that went over into Canaan's land. Verse 18. And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not. Mm -hmm. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not. And the reason they couldn't believe is because they had that old heart yet. You cannot Believe the way you need to believe until Yahshua fixes your heart. Now, let's get uh, 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 Ezekiel 36 and 26. Ezekiel 36 and 26. 
mm-hmm. a, a new heart. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So in other words, we're talking about, Yahshua's talking about how he's going to give you a new heart, how he's going to take away that stony heart. So that old covenant was written on a stony heart. He's going to take away that stony heart or that heart that was under that old covenant and give you a new heart. Not that he's going to take your heart out of your body and give you a new heart. What he's talking about is through the foolishness of preaching and through circumcision, he's going to make your heart new. In other words, Yahshua is going to elevate your heart He's going to prepare your heart. You can get into Psalms that he prepares their hearts and cause their, their, their ears to hear and all this type of stuff. Now, why would Yahshua have to give you a new heart? Because you cannot... A carnal mind is enmity to Yahweh. A carnal mind is death. And once Adam transgressed, that was passed upon all men. They were carnally minded. They were deaf. And that reigned all the way to Yahshua Messiah. Now, even when the apostles were walking around, even though that they followed Yahshua, they had a belief problem yet. They still had a brief belief problem. And you can get a perfect example of that in Luke 24 and 25. Now, this is after Yahshua uh, 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 died on the cross, and then he rose, and they were all bummed out because of, you know, haven't you heard this guy's dead? And they didn't recognize who he was. And what does it say in Luke 24 and 25? Luke 24, 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now, this is before Pentecost. This is after his resurrection. Pentecost hasn't come. They still were fools. And they still were slow of heart to believe. Mm -hmm. Peter denied them three times because of, I don't know if it was Sasha or David, one of them said that because of fear. These were people that followed Yahshua. They had a problem in their heart yet. They had a belief problem, even though they believed, but it never the belief never went from their head to their heart. And Mitch used to always say, we need to get what's up in your head to, to migrate down to your heart. Once you get it in your heart, now you've got something. So they had a heart problem all the way up to Pentecost. Now, so why would Yahshua have to give you a new heart? Because the old one ain't going to do the job. Now, also, Yashem has to circumcise your heart. Now, why would Yashem have to circumcise your heart? Because your heart has a problem. Now, you get in Exodus 4.25 that Yashua circumcised Israel. And actually, Joshua 5 and 2, Joshua circumcised that second generation that was born in the wilderness. He circumcised them with flints. So it was Yahshua circumcising the males back there in the 
in, in, in you know, back there with the children of Israel. Now, when we go to Romans 2.28, let's get Romans 2.28. Romans 2.28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Mm -hmm. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter. So in other words, you're not a Jew inwardly until Yahshua circumcised your heart. That's when you become a true spiritual Jew inwardly, not that physical circumcision example back there uh, with the children of Israel. And then Yahshua is not instituting circumcising hearts there because you can go to uh, uh, Deuteronomy 10.10. 10. Let's get to Deuteronomy 10.10 10 and then Jeremiah 4.4. 4. Deuteronomy everything 10, 10. doing is witnessed in the law and prophets. Go ahead. Deuteronomy 10, 10. And I stayed in the mount according to the first time, 40 days and 40 nights. And Yahweh hearkened unto me at that time, and Yahweh would not destroy me. Keep going. Is that Deuteronomy 10, 10, circumcise your hearts? No, I think it's... Um, and 16. 16, think. yeah. Deuteronomy 10, 16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. Now... And that's being said to the children of Israel back there in the law. Now, obviously, that's a different kind of circumcision than of the foreskin of the male member. Now get me in the prophets, what I call for. Jeremiah 4 and 4. Circumcise yourselves to Yahweh and take away the foreskins of your heart, ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. There you got circumcised at your heart. Is that right? That's yep, right. Yeah. Yep. Circumcise yourselves to Yahweh. Now, so Yahshua's fulfilling what? circumcising your heart now, old fools and slow of heart to believe, because they have not yet had the Holy Spirit inwardly circumcise their heart yet. In other words, they haven't yet received the Holy Spirit. Now, Yahshua spoke to them in parables at the time, and he talked about it's not meant for them to know or, or to see, but, it, but he told his disciples it's meant for you to see. And then he later goes on, he says, but blessed are your eyes for they see. And the only reason that they could see anything is because Yahshua had to bless their eyes, just like he healed that blind man. To make him see physically, you have to have your eyes blessed by Yahshua to see spiritually. And he also said, blessed are your ears for the hear. So you need to have Yahshua bless your eyes and bless your ears to be able to hear or see. Now, um, then you get the parable of the sower to seed. And I'll give you a, one example. Let's get uh, Luke uh, the eighth chapter where it talks about the sower of the seed. And I want the scripture where it talks about that they believe. Luke, the eighth chapter. And the whole chapter is good, but we just don't have time. <laughs> uh, 
Luke. I'll see if I can get it. Okay, I um, got it. 12. Those by the wayside are they that hear, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Okay, and keep reading. They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root for which, for while well, for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And so, so they believe for a while, and then they fall away. Well, I thought all we had to do was believe and be saved. There's a problem with how they were believing. And the problem was in their heart. They have to have it in their heart. And there's no way to get it in your heart unless, unless Yahshua gives you a new heart or circumcises your heart or you become a recipient of the Holy Spirit. Then you can truly believe. Until that happens, your belief is going to be nothing but carnally minded, academic uh, uh, belief. And that just ain't going to cut it. And it's got to be the work of Elohim that you believe because he's the one that changes your heart and makes you, allows you to see, allows you to hear, allows you to believe. Without the work of Elohim, you have no hope of believing. Right. Now, now, we also have in John 11 chapter, the story about Lazarus. Do you want verse 15? Sure, go ahead. But that on the good ground are they, which is an which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So my question is, how did they get a good heart? Mm -hmm. Who gives man the good heart? He didn't always said, I'll give you a new heart. I promise you the new one's a good one. And I promise you, if he circumcises your heart, your heart will be good as well. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Until then, your heart's slow. Your heart's slow. Your heart is is just lacking. Now, the story of Lazarus in eleven cha eleven chapters, he delays. He delays going back to Lazarus, you know, because he's he's sick, and they wanted Yahshua to go back to him. Now, read John eleven and and verse fifteen. I don't have time to get it all, but I just want to show you something with Lazarus here. Um, because I'm really butchering this story. Uh, but anyway, go ahead and get 11, verse 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may, to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go on to him. Now, read that again. I'll pick it up at 14. Then said Yahshua unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And he I said, am glad, Lazarus is dead. Read. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the now watch this. He's, I do see the sign. Watch this. He says, I'm glad for your sakes. Why would he be glad for their sakes that he wasn't there? Because he could have went there and healed them because he healed people all the time, right? But obviously now Lazarus is dead. Now he says, I'm glad for your sakes I wasn't there. Read. To the intent you may believe. To the Never. intent that you may believe. Now, what happens when Yahshua goes there? Lazarus is dead already for four days, right? Just like mankind's been dead for 4,000 years. Mm -hmm. And he says, Lazarus, come forth. Because he had to prove he was the resurrection of life. And when they saw him 
deliver Lazarus from the dead, that, that hit him right in the heart. And he delayed to show him that he was more than just healing people. He was able to raise somebody from the dead. Yeah, Lazarus had to go back because this was before Pentecost. But nonetheless, he delayed and was glad for their sakes because of belief. And he wanted them to see that he was the resurrection of life. And believe me, I really chopped that one up. Now, we know in Acts 8 and 37 that we have to believe in our heart. We can also get in Romans 10, 9 through 10 that we have to believe in our heart. And we know it's the work of Elohim that you believe. And he's the only one that can do the work in a man's heart to allow you to believe. Now, what That's I want right. to do is get 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. And uh, this is where we're going to end off. Uh, 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 um, start reading at 1. 2 Corinthians 3, 1. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or need we, as some others, epistles of commendation to you? Or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts. Now oh. watch. Here's, yeah, this is after Pentecost. And he's talking about Yahshua. I mean, he's writing in people's hearts. You are an epistle of Yahshua. Read. For as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of the Messiah, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living Elohim, not so tables Yashua of stone. Is, after Pentecost, those men on Pentecost had a change in their heart. They no longer were all fools and slow of heart to believe anymore. Peter wasn't a coward anymore. There was a change in their heart at Pentecost, and that change didn't happen in our heart until Pentecost. Now, written in our hearts, keep reading where you are. What verse are you on now? Three. Okay, go ahead. But with the spirit of the living Elohim, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. The old covenant was written in tables of stone. He's going to take away that stony heart. And then those tables of stone were in the shape of a heart. But now he's writing it in the fleshly tables of your heart. Why does he have to do that? Because he has to give you a new heart. Because he has to circumcise your heart. He has to do it. Because your heart never had the ability to serve him until that. Read. And such trust we have through Yahshua to Yahweh word. Mm -hmm. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our We're sufficiency is of, of Yahweh. Now drop down to verse, oh boy, 15. 15. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Now watch this. This is after Pentecost. But for those who have not yet received the Holy Spirit, they, that veil, that veil is upon their heart. That veil is still upon their heart. That veil has to be circumcised. That veil has to be removed from your heart. Read that again. Uh, 15, 15 through 18, but, and then we're out of time. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, the veil is upon their heart. That's why you have to be circumcised by Yahshua. That's why you need a new heart, because the veil is still on their heart unless Pentecost comes. Read. 
Nevertheless, when it shall turn to Yahshua, the veil shall be taken away. That veil shall be taken away. Read. Now Yahweh is that spirit, and where the spirit of Yahweh is, there is liberty. But we all, with an open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of Yahweh, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of Yahweh. That's good. And in closing, I'll just, in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, 9 through 16, he talks about how it didn't enter into the heart of man. Mm. And the only way it can enter into the heart of mind, man is that Yahshua writes, circumcises, remove your veil, blesses your eyes, blesses your ears, give you a new heart. And now in this covenant, we become a new creature in Yahshua Messiah. And a new creature has a new heart. And it's a new covenant. We are a new man and we walk in the newness of life. We must change. Our hearts have to change to be able to properly believe Yahshua. There must be a change when you go through that veil. And the change is going through the veil. And it wasn't until Yahshua went through the veil and poured out his Holy Spirit on Pentecost that now mankind for the first time had a heart to believe. Before that, they were nothing but all fools and slow heart to believe. And hopefully got something out of it. Hopefully it made a little bit of sense. I cut a lot of it up. Uh, but I just want to show how blessed you are that now we are in this age after Pentecost. Yahshua was able to do a work in us and the work of Elohim that we believe. And he's changing our hearts so we can believe in him properly. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Ricotteran, and thanks everyone for joining our class this evening. We hold these Green Bay Zoom classes every Tuesday from 7 to 9, and our physical classes in the Belp Avenue classroom on Friday evenings from 7 to 9. I'll dismiss the class with the doxology from the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, Belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time, now and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.